you're free now. Calm or agitate? Yes, aware. Okay. เนี่ยดีมาสะบรมาสงพิโอจินาก็อิเตียสะคัมภีร์เหมียวยีตวะซะซะยายะปัมปูกุมีเดลูเดอะโลเตี่ยวมะจังโหเนาะเซียโรว
Particularly when we watch our minds, when we see our own minds all the time, we begin to clearly realize that when we are not taking care of our minds, the mind is slowly descending into chaos. It's always unraveling unless we're taking care of it. The Buddha talked about the asavas. Are those the cankers? Um, yeah. Well, basically the, the kilesas. And he says they're like a, a river also. They're always flowing in the mind. Even when we um, practice to have wholesome states of mind and we manage to build up quite a lot of wholesome, wholesome, um, you know, mental well-being, he says we need to take care of it. In other words, we need to continue to cultivate it. We can't take it for granted because the moment we take it for granted and we're not ensuring that it's wholesome um, you know, minds that are always ever-present in our minds, he says, it's very easy for the unwholesome to start finding its way in. So, <laughs> So he has a little hint for us. He says, if we want to um, grow our um, practice in our lives, if we want to grow the wholesome qualities of the mind in our lives, we have to um, check to see if our mind is peaceful or not. The longer we can maintain our peace of mind, um, the more, and this requires mindfulness, of course, the more we become able to cultivate wholesome qualities of mind. So first we have to learn how to develop um, peace of mind. Then we have to know how to maintain our peace of mind or stability of mind. He says, when we are able to maintain our peaceful states of mind, or when we are learning to maintain our peaceful states of mind, he says, we, we learn um, what makes the mind become peaceful. We also learn what makes the mind not peaceful. And the key is again awareness. He says when the mind is peaceful and we continue to know that the mind is peaceful, it becomes more peaceful um, or stable. But if you're not aware that the mind is peaceful, it can slowly stop. It can slowly, slowly start losing its peacefulness. And when the mind is agitated, and we don't know the mind is agitated, it just keeps being agitated. But when you start knowing the mind is agitated, 
he can come back to peacefulness. And this is happening all the time for us. And the longer we are able to maintain our peace of mind, um, the more opportunity we are giving for wisdom to arise in the mind. When he was um, at home and practicing continuously, um, you know, and he had depression and paranoia and all that, one of his constant questions to his own mind was, why was the mind suffering? When he started to get a measure of peace, he said all he did was watch his peacefulness because he needed to know when he was losing it so that he could deal with it quickly. And then he began to discover what made him lose his mindfulness, what made him lose his sense of peace, um, what he needed to do to to um, work on it at that time um, so that he could maintain his peace for longer um, or not lose his peacefulness at all. And, and then he says, what he realized in the end was that the key was being aware. He had to be, continue to be aware. He couldn't stop being aware. That was the only way to keep being um, peaceful and, and to grow his peacefulness and also his wisdom. He says, and then, and then there is wisdom. We start to develop wisdom. We start to realize things. We have insights. He says, and how do we maintain our insights? How do we continue to live the wisdoms that we have discovered? How do we um, and then grow them? How do we have more wisdom? He says, and um, wisdom is a little bit like capital in a business. He says, the, you know, the more you can invest of your capital and you know how to invest it properly, which is also a kind of wisdom, the more um, profit you can make. And wisdom is the same. When you have some wisdom, you learn how to maintain it and then you learn how to reinvest your wisdom and you know how to invest it wisely and more wisdom will come out out of that. On this retreat, so many, many yogis have uh, realized things. They've gained momentum. They've become more skillful in their practice. They've had insights. He said, is that enough? Is it enough? And 
He says, and remember, he says, money is not a one-way street, you know. We get money, we also constantly, you know, having to use money. <laughs> and it's the same with wisdom, he says. We gain it, but, you know, we could also, we, we also <laughs> use it And so, um, wisdom is growing when we are gaining more wisdom than we are losing. <laughs> yeah. And he is um, very grateful to the yogis on these on this retreat. He says, um, "It beyond the 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 way the yogis have put in effort and understood the practices beyond his expectations." And he thinks it's because probably a lot of you do have a lot of dedication to the practice and not just only on retreat. He says when we keep ourselves close to the Dhamma, at home, as much as we can, he says Then every time we go for a retreat again, we don't have to start all over again. We don't start from zero. Because we've been trying to keep it ahead at home. And we start from where we are. He says, because the mind is arising and passing away, it's passing on its qualities, right? But if we're not cultivating the qualities that we want to have present in the mind, then we have other qualities, you know, that that will take over. And He repeats over and over again, he says, how um, the way to cultivate qualities in the mind is to to allow that quality to, um, to to express itself over and over and over again in the mind. He says that's because it's very, very important to understand this principle so that we can use it. Because it seems like for, for a lot of us, the the to cultivate the wholesome qualities of mind, we are having to make quite a bit of effort. Whereas, probably for all of us, the unwholesome qualities of mind, he says, um, seem to happen quite automatically in the mind. We don't have to give it any attention. It seems to have its own life. And we, he says, we, he knows all the yogis are really want to cultivate wholesome qualities of mind, and um, the yogis really do practice very hard. And he asks us, in in Burmese is a little funny, 
he, he says, do you want to get the Dhamma or do you want to practice the Dhamma? Which do you think is important? He says when we want to get something, usually it's like a function of greed. It's it's result oriented. And when somebody wants a result, he says, you usually see that their practice starts getting complicated. But when someone wants to practice the Dhamma, he says, that's a process oriented way of seeing. It's means-oriented. You're looking at the way to get to the result. And he says then, all they're concerned with is um, practicing in the right way. So that's very much more present moment, not in the future somewhere. It's about doing something skillfully now and the understanding that so long as the means, the way is fulfilled, you don't have to worry about the result. โอ้ดูเดียวตัวพยามีไหนมีไหนดูดูได้กูดูสิผิดตัวจ๋ามาอ่ะกูดูสิผิดพยามีไหนตัวงอว่าพี่แล้วใส่ตะดิจ๋า
Because wisdom knows that if the means is fulfilled, the result will come anyway. You don't have to think about the result. Just fulfill the means. If we practice correctly, if we practice enough, he says, it will take us there. Anatta is the principle of cause and effect. He says, and when we understand anatta, what it means is that we understand that we just need to fulfill the causes. Effects are inevitable. So when we have been cultivating the five faculties and we have been able to cultivate the five faculties into powerful faculties, he says, then we are we want to keep them powerful. When we are practicing, when we are remembering to be aware in the moment, that's called sati. What is enabling us to be present in the moment is samadhi. And what is keeping us present in the moment again and again, that's virya. And what makes the mind willing to be practicing, to be aware, is sadda. And that which knows how to do this skillfully, that is wisdom. So this, the practice of these five faculties, the cultivation of these five faculties is what we can rely on. And he says, when we cultivate these wholesome qualities of mind, they protect us. Our best protection is the wholesome qualities in our minds. When wisdom is present, wisdom does its work. When samadhi is present, samadhi does its work. He says, nature knows how to do its own work perfectly. The defilements also know how to do their work perfectly, <laughs> which, which is to get in the way. <laughs> So we need uh, to understand that. And do we all want to go home? Yeah. Are we happy at home? Yeah. Oh, Nice, he said. That's good. I mean, everybody is different, of course, he says, but um, but we do still have challenges at home, yes? We face challenges that we need to... Anything at home or at work, 
that we find challenging or that we don't like, that we don't want to be with or have to face. <laughs> he says, it, those things are just like the meditation objects that we like and don't like. Same, same. <laughs> He says, and if we no longer struggle, if we no longer struggle with these so-called external objects at home, whether they are people or situations or um, circumstances, if we no longer struggle with them mentally, um, we no, no longer resist them or fight them and understand them for what they are. He says, that's a true yogi. <laughs> and it can definitely happen, he says. It's not something that's impossible. He knows from his own experience that is possible. We do the same work most every day. We meet the same people most every day. He said it's just like the meditation objects we meet every day on retreat. And if we learn to observe, you know, our mental interaction with these objects, he says we'll learn to find new ways of um, relating to them, of thinking about them. We learn to understand them yeah, and become free of hey, our difficulty. How many people do we have at home? Not too many, right? <laughs> There's more yogis in the retreat center than in our homes. <laughs> right. And to live in harmony and peaceful with everybody, he says, we need to have sati, samadhi, and panya in our minds. <laughs> so we really need to be interested in practicing, that we really want to um, practice. That's what we want to do, is practice, not fight with somebody. He <laughs> says we want to practice, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Just confirming. <laughs> he says, if you have to go out for dinner or practice meditation, what will you choose? Do both. Yeah, that's it. That's what he wants. Go out for dinner and meditate. <laughs> he says, if we have a preference, remember, he said, that's not wisdom. <laughs> yes. Dinner becomes meditation. Yes. Okay, so, so he's looking forward to, um, you know, he's wishing for us that we will all be able to practice in our lives. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, the, the, 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.